Coming up this week, Edison Future plans a solar pickup truck. A Model S Plaid has run sub nine seconds in the quarter mile. Kia unveils a revamped Nero EV and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 88 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. I've got an exciting lineup for you all this week, starting off with some news out of China. Chinese automaker Edison Future, a subsidiary of renewable energy firm SPI Energy, revealed the EF1T, its first electric pickup truck with a retractable solar roof. And we now have some more information about the EF1V, their solar roofed van. In 2019, SPI announced it would sell advanced pickup trucks and last-mile delivery vans under the Phoenix Motor Cars label and a new consumer venture called Edison Future. Now, the firm has shown off a solar-powered delivery van called the EF1V and also provided more information on its EF1T pickup truck at the Los Angeles Auto Show, a report from Inside EVs reveals. Starting with the EF1T, Edison Future describes it as an electric solar pickup truck due to the solar panels mounted on the roof. There's also an optional retractable solar panel that can be pulled out over the bed serving a dual purpose, capturing electricity from the sun and protecting the bed's contents. Edison Future says it will offer the EF1T in three specifications, standard with a single motor, premium with dual motor, and super with three motors. The base model is said to offer 300 miles of range, premium 380, and at the super trim level, 450 miles. The company says the EF1T standard does 0 to 60 in 6.5 seconds, the EF1T premium in 4.5 seconds, and the super trim in 3.9 seconds. We also learned that the towing capacity ranges from between 7,500 pounds on the base model to 11,000 pounds on the range topper. The bed length is a standard 6.5 feet or an optional 8 feet. And moving on to the EF1V electric delivery van, Edison Future describes it as a modern multi-purpose van for work, travel, family, or personal use in varying road and environmental conditions from city streets to off-road. It can be had with different cargo space options ranging from 260 to 400 cubic feet that can be accessed via sliding doors on the sides and barn doors at the rear. This model only offers two powertrain variants, standard single motor and long-range dual motor, but the driving range isn't listed for either of them. Both share the same towing capacities as their corresponding pickup truck variants and offer the optional solar roof. Edison Future has not announced pricing and availability details as of yet. And I got to tell you, this is one to watch, folks. If they can bring this to market, it's going to be a serious competitor. Next, I mentioned a few weeks ago the potential trouble that Volkswagen Group CEO Herbert Diess has gotten himself into after he suggested publicly that as many as 30,000 manufacturing jobs at the company could be lost if it fails to meet the challenge from competitors, particularly Tesla. 
His remarks were interpreted by some, especially Daniela Cavallo, the head of the Works Council, as a threat to fire 30,000 employees. Furthermore, the passions of the company insiders were inflamed when Deese invited Elon Musk to the call of 200 Volkswagen senior managers. And that annoyed just about everyone in the company who wasn't already annoyed by the job cuts thing. And it resulted in a call to convene the rarely used mediation committee of the Volkswagen management board. That committee is made up of representatives from the company's largest shareholders, as well as the head of the works council. Clean Technical reports that a meeting was held last Tuesday, but no announcements were made afterwards. The only things Reuters could uncover about the meeting were two statements from anonymous sources. The first anonymous source said, This topic is so hot, it's an, on a knife edge. I can't say anything further. And the second source said, As expected, there is nothing new. Now, the most that could be taken from this is that Deese has been warned to change his management style or face possible termination. And changing his management style appears to mean he should stop pissing off the Works Council. Cavallo is on record as saying, quote, We're tired of hearing time and again that the Works Council is apparently only concerned with preserving the status quo. She insists that all the workers and labor representatives are fully supportive of the proposals Deese has put forth to speed up the transition to electric vehicles, including a major rethink of how they build cars at its largest factory in Wolfsburg. The crux of Deese's recent remarks is that Tesla will soon be building electric cars in Grundheide in much less time with fewer workers. Stripping away all of the emotional content of his recent remarks, it should be intuitively obvious to the most casual observer that you can't compete successfully if your cars cost more to build than the cars your competitor is making. It's plain to see that, but yet Deese has been called out to account for saying that out loud, what should be a very obvious to everyone. And sources tell Reuters that the committee is working to craft a position that will satisfy all parties, which you can't satisfy all parties, so that will probably mean that it will satisfy no one, at least not fully. And Deese will be asked to change his management style, which is a little bit like asking a leopard to change its spots. While new board members will be announced, new assurances on job prospects for employees will be given, and new investment plans for Volkswagen Group will be put forth. Part of Deese's problems may stem from the fact that he is an outsider to the Volkswagen Group. From 1996 to 2015, he worked at one of their competitors, BMW, where he was a member of their management board. Volkswagen, like any major corporation, has a culture of promoting from within. So no doubt bringing Deese in from outside the company and from a German competitor at that, that probably pissed off a lot of loyal Volkswagen managers who maybe thought that they should have been promoted when the diesel cheating scandal hit in 2015 and Martin Winterkorn was fired. So we'll see how things shake out. Personally, I think Deese has been one of the best things to happen to Volkswagen in a very long time. And from where I sit, which granted isn't much, I'm just <laughs> I'm just a guy on a podcast in his basement. Uh, but honestly, I think he's the best person to lead Volkswagen Group forwards into and through the transition to electric vehicles. The Model S Plaid from Tesla is once again setting new records. During a drag strip session at Maryland International Raceway, the vehicle piloted by Christine Dodworth ran the quarter mile in 8.994 seconds at just over 155 miles an hour, making it not only a new record, but also the first Tesla to run quicker than nine seconds in the quarter mile. 
just absolutely amazing feat. I have reached out to George and Christine Dodworth about an interview. So I'll keep you guys posted on that if we do end up working something out. I personally am very curious to know how they made this possible. And so I want you guys to know as well. So if something happens, I'll let you know. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, here is a brief clip, <laughs> not much more than 10 seconds, a brief clip of the record run. Yes! <laughs> Mercedes-Benz is next in the news. They have announced the start of sales for their new EQB compact electric SUV this week and priced the new vehicle at around $50,000 US. In September, the German automaker unveiled the EQB production version, writes Electrek. It's a slightly bigger compact SUV than the EQA and aimed at competing in a popular segment against vehicles like the Tesla Model Y and Ford Mustang Mach-E. Mercedes-Benz announced the start of sales in Europe for the new electric vehicle and confirmed the price on the first two versions. They say the EQB can now be ordered with prices starting at 55,311 euros. In Germany, an environmental bonus of 7,500 euros makes this compact electric family car especially attractive. The EQB offers five seats as standard and a seven-seater is an option for an extra 1,400 euros. After the EQA, the EQB is already the second all-electric compact from Mercedes EQ. And while European prices always differ a bit from US prices or what we would expect here in North America, it would mean that by starting at 55,000 euro, removing the 19% VAT and then converting to US dollars, the Mercedes-Benz EQB would start at around $50,000 US. And that's for the all-wheel drive version. The German automaker did say that they plan to make a rear-wheel drive version available later. So when they do bring this eventually, hopefully, to North America, it will be interesting to see how they compare with the Mustang Mach-E and the Model Y. Certainly, the group of buyers that are going to be looking at the Mercedes will probably not have much crossover with the traditional buyers of the Tesla Model Y or those interested in the Mach-E. Kia have debuted their redesigned Nero EV, complete with new features focused around efficiency and sustainability. As either a hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, or a fully electric model, the new Kia Nero represents the Korean automaker's growing focus on lowering emissions. The Nero debuted as a new hybrid vehicle in the 2017 model year. It has since been joined by a plug-in hybrid version as well as a fully electric model that debuted in 2018, sharing a powertrain configuration with its Hyundai cousin, the Kona EV. This past June, Kia did announce its 2021 Nero EV, albeit with minimal changes compared to its 2020 predecessor. Kia is now advertising the 2022 Nero EV on its U.S. website. At a press release out of Seoul, Kia officially unveiled an overhauled Nero. Designed from the ground up with its 2019 Haba Nero concept in mind, and this is apparent in the Nero's redesigned front end that embodies Kia's signature tiger face that now extends from the hood through the lower fender accented by heartbeat LED daytime running lights. No further specs are available at this time, but it's not unreasonable to believe that Kia America will make its own debut announcement for the U.S. version of the Nero and will hopefully provide more details on important things like battery capacity, range, and price. 
Polestar has released another episode of its Precept from Concept to Car YouTube documentary series, and it's a significant one because it shows us more about the upcoming Polestar 5 production EV. Set to debut in 2024, the Polestar 5 will be an electric performance four-door GT heavily inspired by the looks of the Precept concept car. Seen in the video and the teaser images released by the company, the Polestar 5 bears remarkable resemblance to the Precept design study. That said, it will feature several changes over the concept. For example, the design study's rear suicide doors are ditched for conventional doors with front hinges, and the door handles are bigger and side review cameras make way for traditional mirrors. We also get a peek inside the Polestar 5 where we can spot a similar portrait center touchscreen and horizontal digital instrument cluster as on the Precept. Now, you should know that the Performance EV is shown here with production readiness in mind, which means it could see more changes further down the line. The video series and the most recent video give us a much closer look yet at the car on its way to production by following Polestar exterior designer Nahum Escobedo at work. In doing so, it offers a behind-the-scenes look at the challenges that they face to establish a balance between sensational design and engineering requirements. The Polestar 5 adopts the brand's increasingly independent and muscular design language, which will also be displayed by the Polestar 3 electric SUV expected to debut next year. The Polestar 5 will enter production in 2024 and hopes to compete with electric sedans like the Tesla Model S, Lucid Air, Porsche Taycan, and other future battery-powered performance models. Now, I've heard both sides of opinions when it comes to looking at this vehicle Personally, I love it. I love the front. I love the rear. So I'm excited about this. I'm going to keep watching the YouTube series. I suggest you guys do as well. You can just search for Polestar on YouTube, go to their channel, and you'll find the three videos they have up now, as well as any more that they come out with, I'm sure will be in the same section. And lastly, before I end the show this week, uh, I was going to actually spend an, uh, a decent amount of time talking about the upcoming EV tax credit bill that was currently passed by the House of Representatives. It does need to go through the Senate. It's got a while to go before it's officially law. So um, those that are waiting on that to potentially be passed before they buy an electric vehicle, I would say don't wait. So as it stands, it's $7,500 for all EVs. Then there's an additional $4,500 for EVs that are built in the U.S. using United Auto Worker labor. And so currently, the only vehicles that would uh, apply to that would actually be the Chevy Bolt and Chevy Bolt EUV, which, of course, production has halted through the end of the year. You can't buy those anyway. Um, now, of course, production will resume on those, but the fact that you have a specific portion of the bill designed to benefit only one manufacturer where, you know, where where's the benefit for, of course, Tesla being the market leader in the United States when it comes to electric vehicles or Ford or other companies that are based here in the U.S. I get wanting to promote um you know, the workers that are here in the U.S., but let's not limit that to a union when you have workers that I know I've seen articles this week that Tesla's workers are paid better than the way the union workers are. So let's not pretend that this is some glamorous thing. It's really just a big push 
to support uh, you know, the UAW and really get their votes and their money for political reasons. Um, I don't think that's too much of a stretch to go there. And I know when it comes to my opinions when it comes uh, about Biden and the administration, I've gotten a little bit of pushback from you guys, which I do appreciate. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's very political. I wish we could take the politics out of it completely. Um, but then again, it's the president of the United States. It's the government. That's all they do is politics. Um, so, you know, some of the pushback I've gotten has been not necessarily being too critical, but that I'm ignoring all of the good stuff. And I don't want to ignore the good that GM has done. Um, you know, when they did have the EV1, they started the conversation in the 90s. Uh, would Tesla have gotten to where they are if it weren't for the fact that GM had the EV1. Now, yeah, GM went and crushed all of them. Um, where could they have been had they not done that? Uh, I appreciate that. You know, it's important to look at it from both sides. My car, the Chevy Spark EV, was actually the first vehicle produced, the first EV to use the CCS combo uh, plug for fast charging on a mass market vehicle. So they kind of got the ball rolling on that GM has done a lot of great things. And I believe that they're going to continue to do a lot of great things in the future. So I don't want to take credit away from the things that they have done. Uh, but like I mentioned last week, I don't want to give them credit for things they haven't done. Um, when you add the political element to that, it really sours the whole space with this upcoming uh, tax incentive bill. That kind of sours the whole thing that you're pushing an agenda, a political agenda. Um, they also have $500 for if the battery pack's built in the U.S., which is great too. One big thing I think is really important is that the tax credit is becoming refundable. So if your tax liability was not $7,500, you can get a refund off of the, let's assume that you're going with a Chevy Bolt and you'd get a, the full 12.5. Um, it's refundable, which is a great difference and i've heard some talk that it is something that they are making uh that you could apply it on the uh purchase of the car so you would get that off the price of the car and then if it's the dealership or whatever would then get the money when the tax credit uh would be applied in the following year so that's a good thing too um you know, Senator uh, Manchin from West Virginia, I know uh, people have said he is a opponent to the labor union part of the bill, uh, as I guess I would be as well. Uh, I don't like that. I don't think that benefits the idea of incentivizing people to buy more electric vehicles when Toyota and Honda and Nissan um, and Volkswagen, like when they all get here, they're going to build EVs here in the States. I think we need to promote all of them, incentivize people to buy all of them. Um, that's not the ideal situation, but I think that would be the best that we can do for right now. So uh, I appreciate you guys pushing back. I really do. I think it's important. Um, you know, I want to have more of that dialogue because, of course, it is just me talking to a computer screen. So, uh, you know, feel free to give a response. Give me some feedback. Uh, as I always mention every week, you can do that to the email address. Hello at EV-resource.com. Um, 
So on that, I'm going to end things for this week. Keep it somewhat short. It's not going to run uh, as quite as long as it has in the past couple weeks. Before I end, I do want to thank everybody that's been watching the YouTube videos. Uh, I got a notification in my email that I just passed 75,000 views on the uh, YouTube channel, which honestly just blows my mind. Um, you know, so if you like what I'm putting out there, whether it be on YouTube or on the podcast um, in terms of audio only, uh, share that. Don't keep it a secret. You know, share the podcast with your friends, with your family, your neighbors. Uh, I would love to reach more people and tell more people all around the world about the benefits of electric vehicles, keep you all up to date on the latest news, um, you know, all of that. It, feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube video and don't forget to subscribe and follow, whether it's the YouTube or uh, any of the podcast platforms, so that you'll get all the future shows delivered to you. You don't have to go around searching for the EV Resource Podcast week after week. If you do want to listen to any of the previous podcast shows, you can find them on the webpage under the podcast section. We've got a little, um, it's not a widget, but a, I don't know what it's called in computer speak, the proper term, but you can actually listen to all of it right there on the webpage. Um, and all the major podcast platforms. So have at it. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, I'll see you next week.